I think we could. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry, Tom. Um, hi, everyone. My name's Faye. <laughs> and my name's Tom. And together we are the Divorce Coaching Podcast. We're both really excited because we're both divorce coaches and we want to support, educate and help people who maybe are going through a separation of divorce. Maybe they're struggling in their relationship during lockdown. Maybe an affair has been uncovered. And we want to lift the lid on things like co-parenting, step-parents, trauma, abuse, healing, affairs, and lots of things that people don't talk about. So it's really, really exciting. Also helping you with tools and techniques and little tips mm -hmm. along the way to help you rebuild your confidence and self-esteem, help you figure out the life that you want thereafter, uh, after your separation or your divorce, and how you can move forward more positively. Uh, the reason that Faye and I have come together, uh, which is a bit obvious, we're both divorce coaches uh, and, and specialists in this area, uh, but of course, one is female, one is male. Uh, we both come at it from with different approaches, different experiences, different ideas, but with ultimately the end goal to help people through what is a really challenging time. Um, we haven't done this before, so you have to bear with us. Um, and we're also getting used to the technology, not Zoom, but just recording it. Uh, so first off, what I'd like to do is get a bit of an introduction from Faye and find out a little bit about your story and your journey, Faye, from where you were to where you are now. Thanks, Tom. Oh, my gosh, how long have we got? I'll try and condense it as much as I can. So I started my coaching business um, about a year ago, probably 18 months ago, after my second divorce. I had my first divorce in my 30s, um, my second divorce in my 40s, um, and I've got two children by two different marriages. Um, so I came out of my second divorce literally feeling the lowest that I have ever, ever felt. I went through quite a lot of trauma. I was having panic attacks, I had really bad anxiety. And, you know, I had to really dig deep to get myself back out of the hole that I was in. And, and when I got there, and it did take a long time, I actually thought, Do you know what? I'm happy, the happiest that I've ever been. I'm the most positive I've ever been. I became this driven person that wanted to make a difference. And I thought, Do you know what? I want to use that to help people in our you know, in our situation, there's so many people getting divorced at the moment or having problems within their marriage. And just to tell people that actually you can succeed, you can get from that place of heartbreak to healing with a bit of help and support. And, you know, I, I've just written a book on how to succeed after separation and divorce. My business is growing by the day. Uh, and when I'm not working on my business, I'm also a school teacher. Um, in my spare time, I love a bit of yoga. I credit yoga to helping me with my recovery from trauma. Um, and I love walking, you know, at the weekend. I'm, I'm from the Midlands. Um, so I'm always in the Peak District at the weekend with my walking boots, climbing up a mountain or two. <laughs> so, so that's me, really. It's, um, it's great. And what about you, Tom? Yeah, not too dissimilar. I think we've walked quite a, a similar path, um, slightly different, um, but, uh, but not too dissimilar. Uh, yeah, like you, uh, I came into this area, I spent 15 years in the city running recruitment businesses. Um, so a very, very different way of life and a very, very different, uh, a very different way of working. Um, but like most uh, that I find in this very niche world that we call divorce coaching, um, it was through experiences of my own divorce that actually brought me to this. And it was quite a... a, a journey of reflection I suppose um, uh, in how I work through that um, and it's through going through my own training of coaching and various other kind of things like new linguistic programming, timeline therapy, hypnotherapy, those type of things um, that like you really helped me 
reflect and realise what I could action, what I could take responsibility for, what I could be accountable for, how I could change things, how I could improve the situation. But likewise, if I did things differently, how I could actually make it worse. So it's making sure that I'm aware of what I can and can't do and what I should and shouldn't do. Um, and then how to just create this uh, a, a much more safe and supportive and loving environment for my children. Um, I've got, so I've only been married once um, so far said that quietly because she's next door and might hear me uh, <laughs> uh, i've got four kids um two from my first marriage and two bonus children and stepchildren from uh, with my new partner so together we're kind of this blended family of six uh 50 of the time so again we kind of get that adult time and get a bit of downtime um and as so we get that kind of full-on parenting with four kids and everything that that brings as well um like you a bit of a keen walker um not so much the hike well we do do hiking but i don't live near the peak district so mine's more just taking the dog out um but i loved your line there that you used actually around heartbreak to healing um which i think is is really kind of key to what, what we're doing is helping people to work through it isn't it and how they can evolve from that so i, I kind of run my coaching practice and my kind of three core values of the business which is uh, understand evolve and improve because ultimately that's what I'm helping my clients to do but we can't get to the improvement until they make changes and evolve from what they're doing but to do that they need to work back and understand what they have been doing and what hasn't worked but also what has so that is it's really interesting um uh and yeah I'd, I'd quite like I don't know if you have noticed this I keep getting told this but there isn't very many male divorce coaches out there in fact, no. I've been informed that there's only one. Um, I know probably a few more than that, but and okay. I think that's one reason why we got together because we actually connected over social media, didn't we, Tom? We did. And I actually thought, oh, I want to contact this person. And when we got talking, we realised that we got a lot in common, we got lots that we wanted to share. And also we wanted to do these podcasts so we can bring these different ideas and opinions and feelings to the table to help everyone because you know it's not just women that suffer men suffer as well and I think actually men don't talk about things as much as women so I think men suffer in silence I don't know whether that's been your experience Tom yeah they do tend to kind of carry it on them uh kind of silently like you say um multitude of reasons stigma of yeah. gotta be gotta be strong um can't be seen to be weak boys don't cry all that kind of rubbish um which which isn't true uh to be quite frank with you um so yeah you do see a lot of men and a lot of the clients that i work with i, mean, I don't i don't choose to work solely with men i work with both men and women yeah. and I, sometimes i work with couples and also yeah. just individuals um maybe because i am a man at the moment my kind of split is about 70 30 uh yeah. advice to men not through design at all just purely by uh, by chance um but it's funny you say that actually because the first sometimes half an hour or even two or three sessions can actually just be trying to get down to them opening up and to tell yes. the real story not the story they're projecting or want everyone to hear or what they think they should be saying or doing um but actually what's really going on inside what they're really thinking what they're really feeling and then helping them to kind of cope and, and, and manage with that but i think like you say a lot of the time it's that they, they kind of put these walls up and can't be seen to be talking um things like that and i think that's also the difference i suppose with coaching as well where it comes at it as a, a different angle and is in my opinion a, an additional resource to work in conjunction with traditional talk therapies and counseling um as well to actually help people through that process 
But definitely. I mean, my I, I'm the same as you. I've, I've got male clients, female clients, and my work predominantly at the moment is, is with couples that are going through infidelity because that's along with um, abuse and trauma. That's what I specialize in. And I, I can remember one of my male clients saying to me, actually having sessions with me was the best thing that he ever did because he feels now he doesn't feel ashamed. He feels that he can talk about it. And I think, you know, that's what we want to sort of encourage especially the men to do through these podcasts is to actually go and get help and not to suffer and not to feel alone. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, uh, well, we, like we said at the start, the reason we were doing this was to bring different angles and different perspectives and experiences. Um, obviously, there's a whole host and a whole plethora of topics out there that you and I can cover just from our own experiences, personally, as well as working with clients. Um, so it's obviously sometimes it's around infidelity, sometimes it's not. There's a whole host of things like you say, traumas and abuse, etc. Um, but likewise, it wasn't just the male and female angle that we were coming at. It was also our own personal experiences. Let's just say using infidelity as an example, um, where... There's, there's no reason I, I never do. I, I did actually, I did have an affair. I did leave my, my wife for someone else. Um, but then it's also looking at the reasons that are behind that, isn't it? And looking at things of cause and effect and what, was, what wasn't in the relationship that wasn't working that I now do have in, in, in my new relationship. Uh, I must just say for my ex-wife as well who I'm glad to say I'm very good friends with. Um, <laughs> but again, like I say, it's about bringing those different experiences, wasn't it? Because you had a very different experience to oh, mine. Definitely, definitely. Both my husbands, my first and my second, had affairs and left me for the women that they had affairs with. And they're both married to them women now. You know, for it to happen once and then for lightning to strike twice was it's kind of unheard of. And, you know, I had to be quite strong about it. And my children have both got their stepmoms now. And, you know, I have a great working relationship with with both of my exes. Um, Unlike you, Tom, I'm not married again yet. I've got um, a partner, but we don't live together. So when I'm at home with my children, that's my family. It's me and my children. So, you know, there's going to be lots for us to sort of share with everyone, because actually, at the end of the day, your family is, is your family. It doesn't matter whether you're a single person, whether you've got kids whether you've got a huge family, a blended family, whether you've not been married, it doesn't matter. And we just kind of want to talk about it and tell people that they're not on their own. We kind of want to hold your hand, really, as you go through this process. It may be that you're finding out, and I'm finding, especially during lockdown, Tom, the second lockdown, that a lot of people are are kind of reassessing their marriages and actually thinking, do I want to be in this marriage? Am I happy? You know, affairs are being blown out into the open people are deciding actually they don't want to be married anymore yeah yeah i've had um similarly i, I actually had a, i had a couple come to me quite early on in lockdown after i'd yeah. written an article for a, a parents magazine um and funny enough they'd actually come to me to say look we need to we recognize that it needs to change we need to work on how we're communicating with each other and how we're learning to compromise and not get stuck into that situation they actually came to me because they said we don't want to or separate um but like you say lockdown has completely changed a lot of people's scenarios and family dynamics um where one was used to maybe work 14 15 16 hour days traveling into a major city and the other one was maybe part-time or was the parent at home and then furlough happened and it changed and now the whole family's come changed so it's interesting to see kind of different 
people's experiences and like you said it's kind of the whole point of why, why we're doing this is to help people so um for people that do and are watching this um please do get in touch with Vayner as well uh directly to one either or both of us uh, or comment on the videos and if there's particular topics that you yourselves are experiencing struggling um to really get your head around with or something that you'd actually like us to raise but maybe you don't particularly want to you want someone else to raise it for you um please get in touch because we want to hear from everybody else and uh, have guest speakers etc as well and i think that's kind of a key thing that's kind of key i was about to say we are pre-recording these but obviously we are planning on doing some live ones so when we've got a bit of a following then we want all of our listeners to join in and be asking us questions and to actually getting involved in the discussion so that's going to be something that's really really exciting to do I think the other thing as well is um, a lot of times when people, I don't know if you get this way, but people say, well, who, who is divorce coaching for, separation coaching for? Um, and it doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily have to be married. Um, you don't necessarily have to have been cohabitating. You don't necessarily have to have children. Um, I've had people come to me where they're getting over their, their, their first ever breakup, their first love, their childhood sweetheart, they're in their 20s. Um, I've had clients come to me who are in their 60s and uh, one client in particular even in their early 70s who um, had gone through a very different situation where their partner, their first, their first partner had left them, their second partner had passed away and now they're again they're, they're quite lonely and so it's, it's not just for people that are divorced with kids and things like that it's, uh, it's it's for anybody that's going through an experience of feeling isolated lonely confused low confidence low self-esteem wanting to rebuild themselves uh, and really figure out how to do that um but uh, I know that we also spoke around a number of topics there as well. So if there's anything else that other people want to bring up, but you also mentioned there, didn't you, Feyran, um, not just necessarily the breakup and the negative emotions that come with that, the typical kind of angers, sadness, fear, even guilt, quite a big one as well. I imagine you see that quite a lot of the clients that you work with. Um, but also things like you say, co-parenting, um, co-parenting together or separately, like you say, and how you're finding that is uh, through to creating the best blended family environment as well for your children um another thing that i know that you're very uh, that you're very hot on as well is helping people get dating again so tell us a little bit about that oh gosh yes i mean um after seeing when i was single again and i moved into the house that i'm in now i'm sat in my coaching room like you are tom at the moment at home um i started internet dating again and you know i'm, I'm kind of veering towards 50 now so you know for me to be getting back on that bandwagon was was quite scary um, and I did a lot of dating. I kind of was making up for lost time. Um, you know, what I learned about dating over the 18 months I was dating wasn't really worth knowing, really. You know, catfishing, <laughs> ghosting, zombying. Is even one called kitten fishing, breadcrumbing, bookmarking. What is kitten fishing? Kitten fishing. Well, it's the same as a catfish, but tiny. So catfishing is anyone that's online that telling a lie so you know there's a lot of profiles on dating apps where they'll say they do this or they're only 30 when actually they're 47 so any lies yeah. um, and I had experience of a, a very big catfish um, and that didn't we I didn't think we even got to meeting at that stage but yeah there's so many different bits of terminology I had a client recently who was struggling with internet dating um, so we're going to have some sessions together um, over expectations um, you know this whole big thing about what I call having the chat when do you realize you're exclusive with someone 
um yeah. you know this person was dating three other people as well as me how dare they well actually that's quite common now it's called circular dating so yeah. until you've had what i call the chat is the exclusivity chat you've got to assume that everybody else is talking to everybody else dating everyone else until you've had that chat together so there's lots of sort of myths and things that i can go over but it was it was a fun time but obviously now i've got a partner nearly two years now um i've settled down quite a bit now so have yeah you, have you had have you had to chat yes we had the chats yes <laughs> oh my gosh yeah we had the chat very early on but you know it was a great learning tool for me because i came out of my second marriage i didn't know what the hell i was doing i didn't know what i wanted I didn't know how to feel. Um, and, you know, in dating all the people that I dated, it was a great learning experience. I realised the sort of person that would work for me. Because let's face it, Tom, when you're going through a divorce, you're not the same person as you were before it happened. You change. I always say to clients, it's like going through the fire and you rise again like this wonderful phoenix. You're a better person, a more aware person. So, you know, I took dating as a, as a learning tool. I met some great friends who I'm still friends with now. Um, but I've also got some horror stories, but we'll save that for another. Save that for, one, for, for yeah. another topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. You're, a, a separation, divorce, a major relationship breakup, it really does change you as well. Um, I think one of the biggest changes for me, other than a complete change in career direction um, of, uh, of moving into divorce coaching to help others um, was actually my, my parenting. Um, I was always, I, I used to leave the house at like half six in the morning to get the 704 train or whatever it was into London. I used to get home at best eight, maybe nine, ten o'clock at night. So whilst I was married, I was still in effect a, a weekend dad. Um, but I, I've always been, I've always love kids so I'm a big kid to be honest with you still most of the time um in my personal life not professional life of course um but I was always very always a very present parent even when I was only around like most of the weekend and actually one of the the, the, the hardest things I dealt with when going from my divorce was um separation anxiety of being away from my boys yeah. because I was then only seeing them every other weekend mm -hmm. and at the very beginning every other weekend was what uh, Saturday morning at 10 o'clock till Sunday four five o'clock so not even two not even, not even 48 hours and obviously there's no school pickups which admittedly i wasn't doing before um but again that was one of the other things that i now i love what doing what i do is that i actually i can fit this in around my world and my life so actually i can do the school drop-offs i can do the pickups i can be there yeah. for swim meets and all the rest well not the minute because of lockdown etc um and i can actually fit this all around my, around my world and actually i'm a much more present father um and i think one of the other things is obviously being a, a step parent as well um which for anybody that's ever said being a parent is the hardest job in the world it is being a step parent is even harder because mm -hmm the way that you would react to your own children is very, very different to how you react to stepchildren because especially in the early days, you're trying to form those relationships and that trust and that bond when you are not their parent and also setting guidelines and rules in your own house and things like that. So it's really, really challenging because such a minefield. Um, but it's one of the one of the reasons why I focus on and uh, do a lot of work with blended families and how to communicate that in the right way with, the, with, the, with both the children and the parents as well. It's funny, actually, because coming up to Christmas as well, you know, hopefully we're going to do a podcast around surviving Christmas without your children. I can remember 
the, the day that I had to send my daughter off to her dad's and his new family yeah. for Christmas, it is, it is really, really hard. Letting go of your children is one of the hardest things you will ever have to do if, if you've got children and you're going through a divorce because you've got to share them and you've got to give up a certain amount of control to the other parents. Yeah. Um, and that is really, really hard when you're dealing with everything else. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned, and I'm sure you're the same, Tom, and I say this to my clients, you've got to enjoy being on your own as much as you enjoy being with your children. Yeah. You know, you have to reclaim your identity because when my kid, my daughter, especially when she first started going to her dad, it was like, well, what do I do? I've got nothing to do. I've got no child to look after. And it's like thinking, okay, I've got to find out who I am. Yeah. Um, when it happened with my son, I was so used to it. It was like, I was waving him off and saying, have a great time. And I was, I got a whole diary packed of social activities so you know I think you know going from that place of losing control and, and feeling guilt the amount of guilt that you feel for your children that never goes away I don't think entirely you're no. always thinking are they okay am I doing the right thing are they happy um you know you will get to that place eventually where you feel do you know what I'm doing a, an all right job yeah you're right, and you do have those moments. I had one this morning where, obviously, we've, uh, we have um, we have a, a two two five five arrangement yeah. um, with our four partners. Um, and for the viewers, uh, I suppose we need to explain that both mine and my partner Donna, our exes, are also a couple now. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I say now they've been for about three years. So for us, there's four kids between these four adults. So the kids kind of go home to home, something. Um, so for us, it was obviously a bit different because there's no one outsider, let's say, on the periphery going, well, hold on, have you thought about this? Or trying to calm situations. It was all of us hugely emotionally invested into this uh, into this situation, all four children being affected. Um, but like you say, you do get those moments, don't you, when I, I, I've had a number of clients, this comes up pretty much every single time, where they spend all this time missing their children and wanting to be around them and can't wait to see them. And then... They have their week or weekday evening or their weekend or whatever it is and they're in their arrangement orders or their in their parental agreements um and then sometimes they worry that they're then taking it out on the children and some of that all the things that they want or should have said or feel they should have yeah. said to their former partner all starts coming out so it all comes out on the children and then the kids go away again and they're just let you're then left sitting there thinking well, I can't rectify that now for another 12 days or two days or whatever it is. So, yeah, you see, it's really challenging. Um, and I think it's about so you can let yourself give yourself a bit of a break and some credit as well sometimes when recognising what you do. Yeah, this whole well. kind of recovery process, isn't it, Tom, is about forgiving yourself and being kind to yourself. You know, if you're going through a divorce at the moment and you're just at the beginning, it's not easy. And if anyone tells you that time will heal, of course time heals, but the reason that people um come to a divorce coach is that they want to get to that place of healing and fulfillment quicker you know time will work its magic but if you want time to speed up that's when you will get a divorce coach involved because most most of the divorce coaches they've been there so they know the tricks they know things that you're going to encounter they know the blocks and our job is to get you from that place of heartbreak to healing in the fastest time possible. I don't know about you, Tom, I've had clients after three sessions that have said it's turned their life around. The, you know, the it can happen so, so quickly. Yeah, yeah. 
No, huge thing. And it is around, it's about the biggest thing with coaching, I suppose, where it's different um, because this is a bit of an education for people as well, isn't it, around what coaching really is, particularly divorce coaching. Yeah. Um, but for any viewers that have maybe had any kind of business mentoring or business coaching, it's about breaking down your goal, isn't it, and making it actionable and accountable and bite-sized chunks. And even like you say, after three sessions, um, I mean, I've had people that run me up for a, a discovery call, a free consultation call, because I know mm. we both do the same, don't we? We do an yeah. initial consultation call for them to see if it's right for them sort of thing. I've had people in the consultation call going, that's brilliant. Do you know what? You've made me think a lot more clearly about XYZ situation. And they've gone off and some of them I've never heard from again, but they've all gone off and said they've been fine. I've had a couple that have gone off done what they said they were going to do and then come back a month or two later and gone that really helped just in that one call but now this has come up so and then we start getting into that process and like you say funny actually when you said about time does heal all i have i have some clients that have been separated uh, one person particularly been separated divorced for about eight or nine years um and it's still it still wasn't any further through the process and it was still mm -hmm. as if it was the very next day so in some instances time doesn't always heal it's actually a lot around what we do with people helping it making accountable actionable and responsible steps and that's not to say that it's all your job and all the blame or anything like that but it is about what you can and can't control and then what you can do for yourself not just within the divorce and for your children but mm -hmm. you said Faye what's what you can do for you You've now got maybe all this time and you're thinking, well, what do I do with myself? Um, I don't really know where to start. And like you say, it's about refining you again. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, feeling stuck that you can't actually move forward can be a big, big problem. You can have months where you think, do you know what? I'm really pleased. I've made this progress. I've got this far. And then you have this period where you don't feel that anything's happening and you feel stuck. Um, and, you know, yeah, I think, you know, it's that old adage, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. It's, it's, as coaches we do what we can but if the client isn't prepared to put that effort in there's only so much we can do and it is very much you have to I think I made the decision not long after my second marriage breakdown I got my house that I'm in now I was moving forward and I got up one morning and I literally said to myself in the mirror that's it now I'm not going to feel like this anymore and I'm going to do something about it. And you have to have that kind of that fire in your belly yeah. to, to, to succeed, to get to that place of healing and fulfillment and acceptance. Yeah, no, you're right. And it is about, it is about that, that, that epiphany or that moment when you realise that you have that want. I want to do it differently. I want to be over this. I want to move forward. I want to engage more positively. I want to get over this anger or yeah. resentment or whatever it is that bit is just the first step and it's, I don't know if this is a little bit too, too, too close to the line to use it as an analogy but it is a bit like AA or something like that isn't it mm -hmm. they would say the first step is kind of acceptance of like, actually I, I need to make a change and, yeah. that is the, and that is the first step um your next steps is finding someone that can help you through that process mm -hmm. um and again that's where divorce coaches come in um I think when whenever you're going through separation divorce breakup whatever you want to call it um it's also about getting the right support networks around you. Um, all too often, we obviously, what do we do? We, when we're going through this situation, we're, we're operating from our, a place of weakness. Um, mm -hmm. Whether we are the aggrieved party or not, it's even if you're the person that called time in the relationship, you're still going through mm -hmm. something um, and dealing with something that's very different, of course. You're still going through something. 
and typically what do we do we turn to our nearest and dearest our loved ones our friends our family yeah. etc um and they build the walls up around us um to help protect us and, and rightly so it's brilliant it's also about them recognizing when you do want to start making those changes what's the best positive influence who's going to help you more positively because it's not always necessarily you probably see this all the time and i know solicitors tell me this all the time as well um when you have people in the situation of getting that advice of well take the house take the kids take the car etc well what does that then leave for your children what type of environment they're going to be in when they're at the other parents um and also how do you want that experience to be for your children and i think that was my want, if you like that waking up in the morning looking in the mirror type mm -hmm. thing it, for me, it was, I went through this as a child. My parents separated when I was about three years old. Um, and I don't know they haven't spoken in about 34 years. I think the last time I saw each other was in about 1987. And cool. <laughs> um, and whilst you could mention the other one's name in front of the other one, it mm. wasn't a nice environment to be in if you did. Yeah. Uh, so uh, nothing against mum and dad if they're watching this now. Um, it, that's what it was in the <laughs> 80s because they were the first generation to really go through this in a, in a mass-produced way, if you like. And I think for the likes of you and I, Faye, and the people that we work with and the people watching this, it's around helping you understand people that you can do it differently. We Demystifying this whole, it has to be an us and them and a blame game and a finger pointing and... Mm putting people in other people in the middle it doesn't have to be like that um, and you can come away from it both of you in a more positive way and the, the biggest thing for me is around seeing that my four children my four collective children they don't have any affiliations or conflictions to one another parent there's no protection they've got full security and safety they can go to any one of the four of us um, at anything at any given time and talk about the other parents and whatever it is um and it's about giving them that safe space in that environment and really to teach them the lessons of how you treat people how you communicate how you forgive doesn't necessarily mean you have to forget um but how you move forward um we're both parents a lot of people watching this are probably parents if you've got more than one child or even if you haven't but if you've got more than one child when your kids are arguing I don't know about you but typically after they've had their telling off and been ripped on the naughty steps whatever it might be I do the same as my parents always did with me. It was like, right, kiss and make up, right, be friends. Um, and we teach our kids this lesson. So why should we not do that as adults? I'm not saying we have to go and kiss and make up with our exes. <laughs> but, but actually giving each other a bit of respect that these people are always going to be in your lives, especially where obviously even if you have children, they're always going to play a part in, in that. So how do you want that to be? Um, there's something that I think you and I mentioned to you before, and I always say this, um, when I'm working with clients, one of the first things I'll say is, especially if you've got kids, I'll say, right, you figured out that you want to do it the right way. You want to make something, you want to do it more positively. Um, and you really start to think about co-parenting, that parenting plan. Okay, that's great. Let's fast forward 10, 15, 20, 25 years. How do you want a co-grandparent? How do you want your grandchildren's first birthdays and graduations and mm. things like that to go when there is going to be likely new partners step siblings step grandparents how do you want that to be for them not for you but for them um and it's like you say it's about helping people shift those perceptions on, on ideas and how we look at things and approach things it certainly is and, and you're right you know we're adults and we have to try and act like adults and we have to put our feelings and our egos and the hurt to one side to actually put our children at the top of the the list I always, and I still am like this today, when I've got my children and my children are with me this week, um, they're at the top of the list. 
you know, for them to feel safe and needed and that they can come to me for anything. When my children are at their dad's, I'm then at the top of the list. So, you know, everyone's human. And if you're sitting here thinking, well, I can't do that with my ex, we are going to make mistakes. I certainly made mistakes after my two marriage breakdowns with my kids' fathers. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And it's okay to make mistakes, but it's actually saying to yourself and realising afterwards, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or maybe I shouldn't have done that. Because at the beginning of a separation breakup, you know, emotions are running high and you're going to lash out and say things that maybe you don't want to say or you look back and think, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I know I certainly did. And I'm okay. You know, I'm sure over the next few weeks and months, we're going to be sharing some of those experiences. And it's all about being aware of that and saying, you know what, next time I'm going to do this a better way. Yeah. And you will find that you will get there. Um, I really struggled, especially with my, my second a marriage breakdown having to drop my son off with um his now stepmom because I didn't know her that well you know to me she was the woman who stole my husband yeah. I'm not going to beat about the bush there but you know as, as time's gone on I don't feel like that my, my daughter actually has got a great relationship with her stepmom you know she will pick her up and take her to doctor's appointments when I can't we can chat on whatsapp and you know when I say to my daughter because my daughter was only one when her dad left, when I say, you know, is it, I actually, she's 16 now, and I say, you know, do you feel that me and your dad splitting up has affected you, are you okay, and she actually laughs at me and say, mom, I don't even remember you and my dad being together, mm. and that's how, you know, it's nice for me to think, well, actually, she's all right, she's done okay, she's got a stepmom who, who just loves her, thinks the world of her, and she's got a mum, and, and I think, you know, for kids having two, you know, loving families is, it's great. Yeah, no, we're the same. We have um, we actually have a we actually have a WhatsApp group between the parents called the parents, um, and <laughs> it, it, it was originally set up with a so and so needs a PE kit or whatever, or so and so's got a dentist appointment on Tuesday at two o'clock, um, and it like a lot of things, it did evolve over a process mm-hmm. of time and bridging mm-hmm. communications between all four of us, um, to the point where obviously not at the moment because it's locked down, but um, last summer, I suppose, on a non-kid weekend, we might, I mean, my partner might have the kids on the weekend, we might have a WhatsApp out the blue from both from our exes going, have a nice have a nice non-kid weekend, and they're in the pub having a beer. <laughs> <Stuff like that. laughs> um, so it wasn't always just about the kids. Uh, but again, that, it all had to start somewhere, and other people might be watching this going, well, saying, that sounds amazing, Tom, I could never have that with my ex. Mm. Neither, neither did we. We didn't, we didn't think we could. Yeah. Um, and especially given the situation with all four adults and us, and it, again, it's about that actionable, those actionable steps, and it just took that one person to make that first step in the process, and that was mm-hmm. just as simple as inviting someone in for a cup of tea. And maybe they didn't, maybe they don't come the first time, but maybe on the third or fourth time they do. And then it's about starting to rebuild those bridges of communication mm-hmm. with people. Um, but, uh, anyway, we um, we actually said that we were going to try and keep this um, quite short, and <laughs> we did say once we started, we wouldn't be quiet. Um, but that probably has something to do with my with, with my mug. I'm living in chat box, <laughs> and it's also chatting makes you feel good. Uh, okay, yeah, anyway. talk. So because, uh, I think Tom, we're going to have lots to talk about over the next uh, podcast that we do. I think you know it's going to be good, and hopefully, you know, the people that are listening to us, it's going to help them. Yeah, absolutely. 
And uh, like we said before, anyone that wants to get in touch with both or, or, or either of us, um, we'll be sharing uh, our contact info uh, at the end uh, of this video. Once um, my amazing stepdaughter has edited the video for us, because she's our <laughs> free social media guru. Uh, thank you, Leone. Um, but yeah, we'll be sharing our contact info uh, for both uh, Faye and I collectively and individually. But yeah, if you've got a topic that you want to raise, a question you want to ask, um, or actually want to find out a little bit more about coaching and find out from both of us about our, our individual approaches and how we might be able to help you, uh, yeah, do get in touch. So what I'll do now is I will stop the recording.